Hey friend! Oh my gosh, so I don't know about you, but I am loving all graphic t-shirts, graphic sweatshirts, and hey, did you know I actually have one for Open the Magic or Picture Books for My Jam? I pretty much live in my pink one all fall and winter, and I'd love for you to get on the train with me. So all you have to do is pop over to my Magic Wear shop, and you can get there by typing in bit.ly backslash capital R capital R Magic Wear. Again, that is B-I-T dot L-Y backslash capital R capital R Magic Wear. Let's open the magic together while being stylish. Yay! Hey friends! Welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. but it's okay. All right, here we go. I'm so excited for today's guest on Confetti Moments. I'm excited because she loves picture books just as much as I do. And I have quite a while and I have a really funny story to tell you all after I introduce her. So I'm so excited to welcome Maya Espiritu of my storybook. Welcome, Maya. Hello, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me here on Confetti Moments. I am so excited to chat with you and to chat with everyone listening today. That's so awesome. Okay, quick story before we get into all the things. So I was getting my nails done today, and I was talking to the nail technician, and she said, oh, I want to be a teacher when I grow up, and or not when I grow up, but like she's going to be a teacher. She's in the program. And I said, oh, like what grade level? Like what do you love? And she said, oh, I love reading. And she's like, and I love following this one teacher on YouTube. And I had a feeling it was Maya, but I was like, oh, really? Like who? And she goes, my storybook. I said, well, girl, you're about to die because I'm interviewing her today. And she's like, oh my gosh, like that is so exciting. So girl, you're famous all the way in California. So <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, what grade you teach, what you're doing this year and just, yeah, go for it. Of course. All right, everyone. So I am a teacher and elementary school teacher. This is actually my third year teaching. Um, I've taught first and third grade. I actually taught fifth grade for about a week before I got moved to third grade, like last minute last year. Um, But this year I am actually doing something a little bit different. I am because of COVID. um, There's a whole bunch of like teacher changing and shifts and stuff within my district. So I actually this year am teaching a small pod of students. And we have this whole outdoor learning classroom environment where we learn outdoors, you know, to keep everything more safe. There's a group of three in the morning and a group of three in the afternoon, second and third graders. So it's a mix. And I've been loving doing that. And I am in Southern California. Oh my gosh, how did I not know that? Uh, Born and raised. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So I am in Southern California, so the weather is always pretty nice, which means we can have this whole outdoor learning experience, and it's been super fun. Um, On the side, I also love to do art. I sell art on Etsy. Uh, So of course, love doing my YouTube read-alouds, and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast. So 
I will save that for then. Love sharing picture books. I do not have any kids of my own yet, but I am getting married this summer. So fun fact. (laughs) So exciting. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. Okay. I have to ask you when you were in fifth grade for a week, um, what'd you, how'd you feel about that? Oh my goodness. It was such, it was all such a big change because I started in first grade, right? And then they moved me up to fifth and that was just like a big jump overall. It was my second year of teaching. I was like, okay, I, I guess <laughs> I guess we'll go for it. Set everything up for the bigger kids because all of my stuff I had was for little kids too, you know? Um, but I actually, I really liked it. The kids, it was a lot different than, you know, first graders. Uh, we had a whole different kind of vibing level and interaction level. And since it was the first week, it was really just kind of get to know each other stuff and they are so fun um they're at a great age where we can kind of banter a little but um and we can get kind of more in depth into lessons and stuff and older books for read alouds and things so it was pretty fun so I was a bit bummed when I got moved last minute uh down to third so kind of right in between the two but that was it was a it was a fun experience and then I loved third grade too though they they're also great (laughs) Yes, I know. Fifth grade is like my pride and joy. I love it. I've done most of my career. And then last year I went down to third and like, they just, I love them too. Cause like they love everything. Like you're saying, oh, you're going to have a test right now. And they're like, yay. (laughs) I'm like, oh, sweet babies. You guys are the best. But I think fifth grade has my heart forever. I just love it. So I love that you love the primary and I think you just keep loving them. (laughs) So, um, let's talk about picture books. So I know you and I both love them. They're both our jam. Why do you think picture books are so important, especially now? Like, what do you think? Uh, Well, so overall, first of all, I love picture books because I think an important thing is that they give access to a lot of people to books and reading, no matter what the age and no matter what the reading level. And I do love that aspect of it. I think the pictures are an important component to letting anyone kind of enjoy the story even if they can't read it on their own they can easily pick it up on their own look at the pictures kind of go through the whole storytelling on their own even if they don't have someone reading to them I think that visual storytelling component in picture books is really important um, especially for younger ones and building like that comprehension as they listen to the words or if they're reading the words themselves it gives them extra context clues I think they're great for that I also know I love um, the phrase people use when they say that books, um, and I think in particular picture books, are like windows and mirrors for children. Um, windows and that they gives them kind of a window into other people's experiences and mirrors, you know, like it mirrors their own experiences. And with picture books, I feel like they can literally see themselves, you know, reflected on the pages if it's something that mirrors what they've gone through it can help them process their emotions or it gives them you know a visual and narrative um component to seeing what maybe other people experience and build empathy in that way i think especially now um picture books with everything going on (laughs) with um Black Lives Matter and the Asian, Asian American Pacific Islander um, violence that's going on too and other issues around the world that these books are a great way to start a conversation with children to have them start talking about some of these topics that are a little bit more difficult for them to understand, but gives them a way to start accessing it and for you to start talking about it with them. I agree 100%. I always 
feel that even some topics that I don't feel comfortable talking about because maybe don't have as much knowledge, like using picture books to kind of help guide the conversation, I think is so important. When you go into Barnes and Noble or wherever you book shop and you're going to find a book, you don't know why you're going in there. You're just like, I love picture books. Like, what do you look for in a picture book? Like, what draws your mind to that one? Mm -hmm. I will say I do a lot of the whole judging the book by its cover, I think with Don't we all, don't we all, sister? <laughs> I mean, especially with picture books, a uh, big thing for me is the illustrations. It's like the pictures, right? And I think with kids too, um, I do a lot of in the classroom or with my kids now, like, you know, having the books uh, face forward displayed so they can see the cover. And I think that's what also draws them into it to choosing it. And for me, it's kind of similar. Um, I do always look at, they always have like their big display right in the front with all the forward facing books. And I am really drawn in. I really like bright colors, although I know there's a ton of good books too with like more subtle illustrations, but the bright ones always catch my eye first. Um, I am always on the lookout for, um, I try to do mostly or I look for a lot of own voices stories, you know, stories written by people who've actually had those experiences before. And I am also always looking for sharing stories about minority experiences as well as um, I think those stories are important to share and for children who are in um, maybe that minority group to have access to those stories and to hear those stories more too, so that they can also see themselves in picture books. <laughs> I agree so much. Okay, I have to throw out I you guys I usually give all my people who come on the podcast questions, but then like I said, I get talking to them and then I have other questions that come up and so I'm just going to give you another one that you don't know about. But who is your favorite illustrator? Oh man, that 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 is a tough one. There are so many good ones out there. Um I really love Dan Santat's work though. Yes, yes. Is the illustrator. I think uh, famous one. He did Beekle. He did or the imaginary life of Beekle. I think the imaginary friend. Uh, yeah, drawn together. He his pictures are amazing. So I do really love his illustrations. Um, there are these actually these Vietnamese illustrators who also I recently actually just recently discovered them and they live in Vietnam. Um, but they had just published this book that I was going to talk about a little bit later, but uh, quick plug, they are pretty incredible too. They have um, these gorgeous illustrations and um, they're also one of my favorites. And hmm, I don't know, that is, that is such a hard one. I know. It's like when parents get asked, who's your favorite child? I know, <laughs> I know. It's like, we just, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I won't keep you stumped much longer. We'll go back to the script. So what were you like as a reader growing up? And did that kind of steer what you do now or? Mm -hmm. So I, I loved reading growing up and it was also in large parts, my parents too, like they helped build an environment for it to be did. They did a lot of reading to us, libraries trips were like a huge thing when I was growing up and when I was younger we'd go and get picture books and when I was a little bit older I like choose my own but we had this little routine where we'd get like a whole stack and then when I'd come home we would like shuffle them all on the floor and then I'd close my eyes and I'd just randomly pick one and then whatever I picked that was like the order that we'd read them in and so that was like super fun for me so um 
love that that's so sweet yeah so just like making reading and like all the things kind of involved around it super fun and engaging you know so it's not just like reading the book but reading the book becomes this whole experience of other activities and like social connections as well I think um, when I was younger was something that I grew up with and then what I try to bring in with my work with reading and books and in the classroom too like really emphasizing like all the connections and like that you can make while reading it's not just the book but there's all these other things that you can get from the reading together and also that you can you know pull from the story out into the real life right I know it is definitely an experience I love how you said that because when I read a book it's not like I just read it and like put it away Mm -hmm. I'm like I have questions before and after and I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm anti-reading or I'm anti-asking questions during if I'm not doing it for like a reading lesson, if it's just for fun. I'm like, I just want them to hear the story. You don't want to be the annoying people in the movie theater that like keep talking during a movie. So, but not everyone agrees with my theory, but that's okay. So you kind of already started talking about this, but how do you engage the reader? How do you engage readers in the classroom to get them to love reading Mm -hmm. so I think yeah first of all uh making it exciting and modeling like the joys of reading is a very key I think especially for the young ones in the classroom we do or even today like now we do read aloud every day that's actually how I like to start the day um with the pod that I'm teaching now we do a read aloud and I think um it's important like you had mentioned like instead of just reading the story and then putting it away I really make sure that we have time for them to ask questions and for them to talk about it even if it's in the middle of the story like they will like point things out or like want to talk about or they want to make connections and I let them I go ahead and pause and give them a few moments to like share whatever they want to say like and they're usually making a connection to the story which I want to encourage because that's how they you know get to love readings like being able to imagine it as part of their lives or bring the lesson out into their own lives so If, especially when they are really engaged like that, really promoting it and making time and space for them to share those things. And like you said, also, um, I think I like to do activities, you know, that connect with the book after as well. Either we do a craft, and this isn't every time we read a story, but it's always a fun little addition. Like if we do read a story, how can we extend it beyond the book, usually with some kind of craft or activity? Or my kids love baking too. So it's always really fun if there's like a special treat or component mentioned in the book, we like to try to find a recipe and make it, which is a fun way to, you know, just engage them more and get the book or the story extended beyond the book. <laughs> I love that. I remember, I think it was, I mean, all the years start to run together, but I think when the good egg came out, you did something super cute with like an egg activity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You did. Um, like that was super cute. And I just want to clarify. I do love like if the kids have questions during the story, go for it. Like I want you to connect. I want you to feel it. I want this to be your moment. But I try because I get so excited. That's the problem. Like, I get so excited reading that, like, I could ask questions, like, every five words. And they're like, Miss Hinshaw, like, let's just hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. So, I love that. I love the baking. Have you, um, 
I when I, when you started talking about the baking, I was like, oh, I wonder if you guys are going to make cookies when you read the smartest cookie that comes out. I mean, not, I think it's not till October, November, but um, have you ever made Fender Cake with Trisha Palacos, the Fender Cake book? I have not done that one yet, but that's, I should add that to the list. <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. Okay, so why we're, I mean, we're here for all the conversation, but what I really want you to share is like your who like your passion of Maya's storybook and how it started and what it can do for teachers and especially parents. I think now parents are becoming a lot more teacher-esque in their homes and families because of our pandemic. So tell us about it, how it started and just kind of your passion behind all of it. Right. Okay. I love talking about this. (laughs) So um, so I started my storybook I, the summer before I went to grad school to get my master's of education. And um, just for everyone out there, my storybook is a blog. It's a YouTube channel, social media account where I share interactive read-alouds and books and then book crafts and activities to go along with the children's books. And what kind of got me started in the beginning was during undergrad college I worked for Jumpstart which I don't know if anyone's familiar with it but it's an AmeriCorps program where we go and work with local preschools in the area so that was kind of my first step into education was working in preschool with this program and a big part of the program was reading and reading aloud and before then I I I read and stuff and I worked with kids I've always worked with kids like tutoring and stuff but not in this teaching classroom capacity and something they really urged was doing um, the whole shared interactive reading asking questions about the story kind of reading and so I really got into that and so after college um, I I still I loved like the whole interaction with the children while reading a story that was like my favorite part of the whole experience like that time to connect with them and there are so many you know fun books to share that I really wanted to do something to kind of continue that work and I remember going on YouTube and just kind of looking at read aloud videos and had seen that almost all I think pretty much all the channels are just kind of straight through readings of the story. And from a lot of the research I'd done on reading and reading development with young children, it's not so much like reading the book, but more so the conversations that kids have about that book that really show <laughs> the reading development that has an effect on reading development. It's ha- yes. yes, right? Um, it's having them talk about the book and connect with it and really be an active participant. And I wanted some way to kind of share that experience with kids and with parents who maybe didn't know about that. Like before Jumpstart and before my own experience, I, I would just read the book to the kid and we looked at the pages and I just read straight through. Um, but really having this component where you are kind of pointing out things throughout it or having them try to talk about it before, after, or even during, then that's what really is important. So I saw that and wanted to create resources for parents and teachers to be able to do that. So I started YouTube and my idea was at first to kind of make it like a sample for adults, like parents and teachers, kind of an example of how can you do an interactive read aloud with this story where you are um, pointing out vocabulary and main ideas and kind of like naturally asking questions throughout or before and after and to get the kid talking and participating. And so it started off as that. And then I 
and then it kind of molded into also, well, this is something that a kid could watch too and respond. So while I film, like I'll ask a question and then I'll actually pause. And then if someone's watching, it gives them kind of time to respond and answer, kind of talk back to me, especially for kids who maybe don't um, have someone at home to read to them, you know, every day or all the time and have that experience. And this is another way to give them access to stories and um, have that interactive reading experience. So I know I get um, a lot of emails from teachers um, saying that it is helpful to just like hear the different kinds of questions you can ask. And they're not like intense questions. It can even be so much as like, what do you think is going to happen next? But just like remembering to kind of like bring it up um, in the story. And I know you said you don't really like doing it throughout and I found that if I'm reading it live to some of my students, when I read it live to my students, um, I do ask a bit fewer questions because I do try, I want them to like hear the whole story as well. But um, in the videos, I do model a lot of different types of questions you could ask to get the kid interested, just to give a sample of what kind of things you can do and what these questions can sound like. I think that's so important too for parents because like my sister, like, you know, is a good parent, but sometimes she's like, I don't know like what to ask her kids. Mm -hmm. And so I have shared your um, YouTube with her. I was like, use these, like, they're so good. She like walks you through like how to read a story. What, like, what, like you said, like what questions to ask. And it's been so helpful and they're so engaging. Like I love them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so how do you choose what books you share? Um, and what are some of your favorites that you've shared on your channel? Okay, so um, I do, I've uh, recently been collaborating with a lot of publishers and they uh, send copies of books, you know, for me to share. And that I, from the ones that they send, I really do look for books that uh, resonate with me in particular, like the stories that I kind of feel like I can connect with or I consider, you know, whose story is being shared in this book and um, what, what also like, you know, current events going on, like what books can I share with people that will help them either start a conversation with their kid, help their kid process something, or maybe help like celebrate a certain holiday or season or theme coming up. So there is a lot of that kind of planning going on, like what is going on in the moment and what is most relevant, I think, um, to help teachers and parents also find that book that could be helpful for them right then. I mentioned before that I do look a lot for own voices stories. So for stories that, um, uh, from people who've actually experienced what's happening and from diverse and minority communities so that those stories are also more widely spread and more people can have access to those kinds of experiences and stories as well. So, oh, so important, so important. Um, also illustrations, of course, I always look at the pictures if they like draw me in and I always love to share um, it's funny. I do my book studios actually at my parents' house. So I get a lot of my book mails out there and I always go show my mom. I'm like, Oh mom, we have to look at this picture. Look at all the illustrations. And it just like, it's very exciting for me. <laughs> That's so funny when you say that, because I was, I just got what's inside a flower and mm -hmm. like every page I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at this, look at this. 
and it's just oh, I love it we just get so excited, so excited. <laughs> it is um so what if what have been like your favorite ones you've done recently or even like from since you started? Um, so on YouTube, a recent one that I really love, and this is like my new favorite picture book of the year is Eyes That Kiss in the Corners. Yes, I just read it to my kids this week. Hi, oh. Joanna Ho. It is incredibly gorgeous. Um, first of all, yeah, the illustrations are beautiful. Um, and then the story, though, um, resonates with me. I am um, Vietnamese, Filipino-American. And um, the illustrator is actually Vietnamese illustrator. And um, it was just, it's such a beautiful story with, you know, Asian American representation and Asian um, beauty standards and like self body positivity and everything. So I really love that one. That one is one that I recently did on the channel. One of oh, That one is so good. I, we, last week when we read it to the kids, I have a student teacher right now. And after the kids were like, oh my gosh, those illustrations are just breathtaking. And then one little girl's like, oh my gosh, like there's not many books about me. And I was just like, my heart broke for her. But at the same time, I was like, oh, do you, here, can I just give you this book? It's oh yours. my gosh. And see how special is that for, you know, for a kid to connect with a story like that, especially when there aren't many for them to connect to and then to like see one so beautifully done. It really is such a... Oh. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. Okay. So something that I've learned from you and I would love for you to share with my listeners is what is shared reading? And then how can parents and teachers do this effectively so that they're not oversharing, but they're sharing enough to get their point across? Mm. So shared reading for me is when you are engaging a child in conversation throughout the book or really sharing kind of your thoughts about the book as well. So it's kind of like a back and forth between the child, you and the story. So what I mean by this is like while you're reading, and this is kind of what I try to model on the YouTube channel, but instead of doing like this straight read through, it's when you're reading the story, kind of also sharing what you think about what's going on. So modeling that thinking process for kids about how when you read a book, you don't just read it, but you think about it too. Cause like there's stuff to think about in the picture book. For example, it's like if I'm reading a story and then I can kind of anticipate, oh, something funny or strange is going to happen. You know, I'll pause a little bit and I'll look at the picture and I'll uh, try to talk to the kid and I'll say, you know what? I think that something really funny is about to happen. What do you think might just happen right now? And, um, it kind of gets them thinking about, oh, wait, well, if I look at this, you know, they put together some context clues, picture clues that they probably wouldn't maybe not think about on their own. Um, just to kind of get them thinking about it too. Or if, you know, there's like a main theme or idea, I kind of share my thoughts about, oh, you know, I really like how this part, this character is being so kind and like sharing with a friend. And well, that makes me feel so good when I share too. How about you? Stuff like that. I do think um, it is important to balance, you know, like you said, how much talking you're doing through the story. And what helped with me when I first started was I did do a lot of kind of like prep before I'd read a story. And for teachers too, um, 
I recommend this is that you just pre-read the story and they get out your little packet of sticky notes and just like write a question, you know, every few pages or like write something you want to point out so that first of all, you remember to do it. Because I know while you're reading it, you sometimes just get carried away too by the story and then you just forget, oh, whoops, I wanted to ask this question. So that's one thing that I did a lot in the beginning is I'd write myself little sticky notes on the pages. And it's so funny because the kids like kind of notice at first, but then after a while, they just like don't even notice and you just pull them off while you get to the page and they they don't even think about it anymore um so I do a lot of that in the beginning and now um it comes a bit more organically I'm used to it so I'll read the story and I'll kind of the questions kind of come more naturally and the connections that I can make and you kind of gauge your reader too like how focused are they on this story should we like keep going or do you think they can kind of um want to talk about it right now so it's kind of a whole little back and forth between them but really, and again, they don't have to be like hard things. Like a lot of the times I'll just turn to, I'll open a spread or we'll flip the page and it'll be like this gorgeous picture. And I'll just ask them, oh my goodness, what do you notice in the picture? And they love talking about that. And they'll just point out every little thing. And it just really gets them to really pay attention to the details and get that verbal language practice going. So even that, like simply starting with that question to try out is a great one to start with. I so agree. And I love what you said about having reading the book before. Now I know we're all busy and sometimes that just does not happen, but I do see such value in reading it before because I've even noticed sometimes when I'm reading a book I haven't read before, it kind of sounds like I'm like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Oh, and I think it's so powerful for readers to hear us read with like, we already kind of know what's going on, which I think is super helpful. So as you probably know, I'm pretty outgoing <laughs> and I like yourself, I, I feel like you're pretty outgoing too. What advice would you give to a teacher or a parent who says like, I'm not a read alouder, which I know <laughs> is not a word, but we're going to say it is today. Um, like what advice can you give them to like be more comfortable with reading aloud to their students or their own children at home? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Sorry, this was another one I didn't have on the script for her, but I was like, um well that's where again where I think kind of brain for prayer or prepping before and reading through it before it really comes in handy just because if you are nervous about it then you have those things to rely on again like writing yourself little notes I think is super helpful and um to me I <laughs> I've always just thought you know they're little little kids <laughs> they, they, they're, they're just gonna think it's funny like I I really honestly don't worry about me feeling ridiculous or like thinking that they think you're being weird or strange because to like absolutely they just love it they go on with it they love it if you're goofy or funny and maybe you think you're being a little strange but they I bet you that they were just gonna soak it all up so for that like with kids it's like they have a whole different um viewpoint of what's enjoyable to them you know it's like they they love it if you just kind of get down and at their level and just make it fun so I think, yeah, with that, just prepping before and then also just knowing that they, they're going to love it if, if you're goofy, if you mess up or something, or you say it wrong or say it funny, they're just going to think it's hilarious. And then you just made it even more exciting for them. So. I agree 100%. So why are read alouds so important to do every day? You had kind of already said you usually start your morning with a picture book, like even chapter books or whatever. Like, why is that important to mm -hmm. do every day? I think, well, first for, especially for young children, it's really nurturing that love for reading and um, modeling, you know, how 
modeling the joy of it and then associating it associating it with a time of like fun and connection which I talked a little bit about before um but also I think for read alouds it's also especially when they're younger you're establishing this reading as a routine as like something that you just do every day you read every day it's natural it's just it's daily reading. And I think if you can establish that when they're younger, and if you're doing like read alouds, then for them, it's not like they're reading, but they get this, um, get this pattern that reading is just something you do. And then it's part of the first steps, you know, to building a lifetime reader or someone who just kind of reads on their own after maybe they move beyond the read. I mean, you can read aloud at any age, but um, when they're ready to start reading on their own. I think also with read-alouds, um, especially for young kids too, and and by young I mean like it could be like little tiny young ones, upper elementary, but uh, the exposure to language is super important. You know, books are usually written in standard English, which is different than how we just speak um, colloquially. So they're hearing this different kind of sentence structure that they won't get just from listening to adult conversation, just like everyday conversation around them. And especially when young kids are building their vocabulary, um, this exposure to this kind of standard English and different or this increased vocabulary is important. Um, I'd read, uh, I've done research before where, you know, adults in conversation use about like 10,000 maybe or so words just in like their everyday conversation. But with picture books, children get exposed to like 30,000 additional words. And it's just all this vocabulary and stuff that they're getting from the read aloud as well. So I think that is also an important part to it. So important. So what advice or anything else you want to share with my listeners? Do you want to give great my advice before you leave? <laughs> what do you got for us? Um, I think one thing, I know a lot of people ask me sometimes, you know, like, I, I don't have time to read aloud every day, you know. I mean, they get how important it is. But um, one thing I say is that, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like half an hour, 30 minutes a day. If you try for just, you know, 10 minutes a day, that 10 minutes becomes like 60 hours a year that kids are hearing stories and hearing read alouds and it doesn't have to be you know like a whole let's sit down let's open a book and have just read aloud time but you can combine it with another activity if they're eating breakfast read a story during breakfast bath time um even if they're playing um i've done some posts about how just because a child isn't sitting still does not mean they are not listening they Amen. Yes, Amen. they are excellent multitaskers with that. And so one thing I say is that, you know, if your kid's playing in the playroom or with a toy or something, just grab a book and you just read to them for 10 minutes. And I guarantee you that they are hearing and processing what you're saying because little bodies and brains, they, some, they, um, the movement actually can help them focus better too on the comprehension and listening. So just, um, incorporating, incorporating it where you can and not, it doesn't have to be a moment where your child sits still and is just, just looking at you. Um, yes. So I also, I like to give my kids, if we're doing a chapter book read a lot, especially giving them paper to draw on. They love that. And it just helps them focus and like have something to do too while they're listening and processing. So. Oh, I love that. Okay. The last few questions I ask every guest on Confetti Moments. So the first one is, what is your all-time favorite picture book that gave you a confetti moment? <laughs> so, uh, 
current favorite is Eyes That Kiss in the Corner by Joanna Ho and Yung Ho. That one just connected with me very on the spot. Just I connected with that one. And then one more because I could not pick just one um, is My First Day um, by Fung Wing Kwang and Huing Kim Ling. Is another beautiful picture book about a little boy's first day of school um, on the Mekong Delta in Vietnam. And it's very beautifully done. So both of those um, are ones that resonated with me. That's awesome. And it's called My yes. First Day? Semi I think it has actually okay. been published before and maybe another country, but I think it's a recent release here. Oh, I can't wait to go check it out. Okay. And then the last question, what picture book can you not wait to come out in 2021? Ooh, so there are actually these two picture book biographies that are coming out that I'm super excited for. Picture book biographies have become one of my favorite picture books. Me too. It's like they are great. And um, especially, uh, you know, lately with the whole Asian American Pacific Islander awareness and violence that's going on um I've also realized that in the biography genre Asian American representation is lacking but there are these two picture books that I'm excited for that are coming out one is by Min Lei who is the author of Drawn Together oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh I love him okay, sorry <laughs> but he um just announced that he's writing a picture book biography of a Vietnamese Zen Buddhist monk um Thich Nhat and it's sharing his story of becoming a novice monk at 16 and then nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, and that's coming out in fall 2021. So I'm super excited for that one. And then there's one more biography of Nikki Nakayama, who is a famous female Japanese chef. And that's coming out by Yuko Jones, also in 2021. So love the Asian American or love the Asian woman representation and books about food too are always super exciting for me. Always exciting. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love both of those. I can't wait to go check them out. I after this question on every podcast, I go straight to Google and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do I need? Does not help my picture book buying habit at all. But it's okay. I'm you know helping the helping the yeah. literacy community. So where can my confetti moments listeners find you? To learn yes. More. So friends, I am on Instagram at my storybook library. That's M-A-I. Uh, that's my Vietnamese name. So it's my storybook library. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube. My YouTube channel is my storybook and on the blog, mystorybook.com. And I'm also on TikTok now. I do a lot of um, kind of little fun educational TikToks there at my storybook. So I always love hearing from all of you who reach out. My email is mystorybook at gmail.com. So if you have any questions on picture book recommendations, anything, I love chatting with all of you. So please do reach out. Awesome. Well, it was so good to have you chatting with you and learning all of the things. So thank you so much for coming on Confetti. All right. Thank today. you so much, Courtney. This was super fun. So I'm very happy for the opportunity. Hey, teachers. How are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. 
All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.